The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. Headquarters to all units. Headquarters to all units. All units, stand by for On Patrol with the PPD, airing now on WTBR 89.7 FM. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, now available on all of your popular uh, podcast platforms. Today is Friday, January 20th, 2023, and we are back in studio for another live episode of our purportedly weekly radio program. My name is Mike Wynn. I am the co-host and one of the co-producers of this show. I'm joined in studio this morning by Lieutenant Matt Hill, sound engineer extraordinaire. Good morning, Lieutenant. Good morning, Chief. And we have a couple special guests joining us as well, but we're going to wait until after we get through the weather and the news to introduce them. So let's start off with the check of the weather, which you, you look out the window, you can tell it's snowing, but we'll get an official weather uh, forecast. Here is your WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, January 20th. Greetings! Today, cloudy, a high of 35 with snow. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 24 with some snow. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, with a high of 31. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more with the forecast notification, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Kate Klein from WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone. I love listening to Jacob do the weather forecast. It just puts a smile on my face. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about a couple news items. We're going to talk about... One that's Pittsfield PD related, one that's local, and one that I heard on the way in here this morning that has absolutely nothing to do with our department, our city, or the show. It just made me laugh. So big news this week. Uh, read about it in this week's Berkshire Eagle. Um, the PPD has been involved. PPD supported by the local law enforcement task force has been involved in a, a long-term, large-scale uh, narcotics investigation, and it's started to uh, come come to a head with. Uh, operations stemming off of the main operation and several arrests and so five defendants were arrested this week major um, large-scale drug distribution operation defendants from New York City and elsewhere in the Commonwealth who had come here and set up shop several residences a couple hotel rooms and a storage uh, locker were all part of this and uh, seized a lot of drugs and a couple of guns in in two concerted operations and it's not over yet so um, you can check out the details in the story. From this morning's Eagle, our new governor was in the Berkshires uh, to make some big announcements. She's up in North County at the Greylock Mill and then headed east to Ludlow. And um, she's putting forward some legislation for some pretty significant infrastructure work uh, throughout the Commonwealth, but some emphasis on Western Mass. And we need that, right? We've got some bridges that have been on the out of service list for a long time and roadways and, and other infrastructure stuff so happy to see that and it's early in the administration and that's a positive sign 
This last news story I was listening to on the way in here, it's, it just made me chuckle. So I was listening to Zero Blog 30, and I think they credited this story to Duffel Blog, but if I got that wrong, I apologize. But the Marine Corps was doing a battle simulation, and for the purposes of this battle simulation, they were going up against an artificial intelligence sensor, which basically was the sentry for this operation. And so they had to cross this open area and get to this tower in the center of this circle of large open space. And so in the workups and the training, when they were trying to test against this artificial intelligence sentry, they realized that the sentry was almost perfect at picking up normal human walking. But if they weren't walking like a normal person, sometimes the sensor wouldn't pick them up. So two Marines somersaulted for 300 meters. Two Marines pulled a cardboard box over their head and walked up on it. And one Marine stripped the branches off of a fir tree and tied them around himself, simulating a tree, and walked up on the sensor. Score, Marine Corps 3, artificial intelligence student sensory 0. I had to laugh the entire time I was listening to this story. It's just brilliant. That is the definition of improvise, adapt, and overcome. So, hoorah, Marines. Well done. <laughs> I don't know. I may be the only one in this room that enjoyed that story. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> it, it made me laugh. It was good. All right. Let's get to the show. So if you've been listening to the program for any length of time, you have heard me and other guests and other members of the crew talk about the fact that Pittsfield PD, we have been in a state of constant recruitment and hiring for, for a long time, for you know, nearly my entire tenure as the chief. And for the last several years, it, it's just one class after another, after another, after another. We have people in the academy, coming out of the academy, in field training, in pre-academy. It just never stops. And so our guests this morning are our two newest academy graduates, our two newest sworn police officers who are a couple weeks, several weeks into their field training and evaluation program. So joining us this morning are Officer Doyle and Officer Walters. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, sir. Good morning. And we are thrilled to have both of you guys coming on because we need the help. Um, you know, having you guys come out of the academy in the time that you did allowed us to make some assignments, including a couple of additional school resource officers. But it always gives me pause when we bring on a new officer who has the same last name as a senior officer because <laughs> it causes a lot of confusion. Yes. And uh, yeah. we, <laughs> we were in a command meeting earlier this week, and Captain Kirchner was expressing frustration because he was on this email thread about an upcoming case that he didn't work on. And the reason he was on the email thread was that the attorney involved couldn't understand that we had a Captain Matthew Kirshner and an Officer David Kirchner. And so the captain was getting all the emails intended for Officer Kirchner uh, and had no information to respond. So, yeah, you're, you're in for a rough ride. Yeah, there's, there's actually... Uh Another Doyle too. Um, there was a Michael Doyle yeah. on dispatch, yeah, and, and then there's another Doyle on <laughs> yeah. another shift yeah. as well. So. so, yep. So stand by <laughs> for a lot of confusion. Absolutely. All right. So <clears throat> let's get. Excuse me. <clears throat> I'm a little congested this morning. Let's get started. So. I don't even know where to start. Usually, when we have guests in studio, we like to start with their their life before law enforcement. So, we'll start. Officer Walters, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up, where you went to school, what you did when you were going to school, how you ended up getting recruited to PPD. Sure. So um, I went to PHS, 
And it was during that time that I, I really wanted to be a chef, like more than anything. I was in the culinary program. And then after doing that, I was like, this isn't really what I want to do. I think law enforcement would be like a good fit for me, but I never like made an effort to actually go that route until I was like 23. Um, so I started going to school for criminal justice, took the civil service exam, applied to the sheriff's department, but I didn't make it through those first two things. So I was like, well, the next best thing would probably be the military. So I joined the Air Force. Um, when I got out, I signed up for the civil service exam and then I did good, went through the whole hiring process and now here I am. And I'm from Pittsfield. I skipped that part, but yeah, <laughs> chef, <laughs> chef, chef to cop, that's a big switch. Yeah, yeah, <coughs> it is, but I think it was a good choice. Okay. <laughs> All right, Officer Doyle, how about you? Where you're from? Where'd you go to school? I was born and raised in Pittsfield as well, um, Taconic High School, and after I graduated Taconic, I went to Westfield State University, and after graduating Westfield, I joined the family business and did that for about eight years, and then I decided I wanted a career change, so... I took the civil service exam and here we are. When you went to Westfield, did you go for CJ? I did not. It was okay. business and accounting. All right. And what's the family business? It was uh, Berkshire Stoneworks. Okay. So you guys were in high school, extracurricular activities, sports, clubs? Yes, you sir. What did you do? Uh, I always had like a lot of weird things that I did. Nothing like school related, but I was really into like skateboarding, rollerblading. I was really good at magic tricks. I still am. <laughs> magic tricks. Yep. That is not something you said in the interview when I asked if you had any knowledge <laughs> or skills that may be useful to us. Uh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm good at that. <laughs> I've, I've actually witnessed a couple. They're pretty good. Yeah. All right. Academy. Okay. <laughs> All right. So at some point you both decide you want to um, pursue careers in law enforcement. Why Pittsfield PD? Uh, for me, it's just where I was born and raised i know the area pretty well i had some friends that were police officers here and i was talking to them about it they said they really liked the job and i just figured uh, it would be better to try to start in my town and stay there it, that that's an important point that we don't necessarily spend enough time focusing on when we talk about our recruitment efforts and i'm glad to hear that because although we don't require it there really is an expectation that every member of our department is a recruiter Right. We want our people talking to people in their lives and telling them about the job and, you know, the aspects of the job they enjoy and the, the realities of it. Right. It, you know, it's parts of the job that aren't enjoyable. Mm -hmm. But it makes me happy to hear that, you know, you had some people on the job who yeah. were encouraging you to seek it out. How about you? Why Pittsfield, PD? Well, Pittsfield's my home and I, I love Pittsfield. I love the Berkshires. You know, a lot of people have their opinions. But so I figure if I was going to make an effort at doing something good, I might as well do it for my hometown. That's also an outstanding point, right? You're right. A lot of people have their opinions, right? There's a, there's a lot of people, including many, you know, my, my peers and colleagues and classmates who have such a, just a disdainful regard for Pittsfield. And it's not what it was when I was young. Or it's not, you know, it's not like it was back in the heyday of GE. And I just listen to them and I'm like, take a look around, right? People from all over the world come to the Berkshires to enjoy what we have here. And many of them pay a lot of money to do it. Absolutely. And we've got these beautiful outdoor recreation opportunities and these cultural destinations. If you're unhappy in the Berkshires, mm -hmm. in many, I mean, and don't get me wrong, there are people who are down in law, there are people who are mentally ill. But if you're just a you're a normally working person and you can't be happy here, that's almost a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The Berkshires in the summer is, yeah. Yeah, you it's can't beat place. it. It's beautiful. All year long. Yeah. All year long, right? Mm -hmm. There's just so much to do here. Okay, so you guys decide that you're going to um, come out with Pittsfield PD, and we've done these kind of chronologies for previous uh, 
sworn officers who have come on with us, but they're always a little bit different. So what was your first point of contact with the department? Uh, that was when uh, when we got the email from HR after taking the test. Yeah. I think, well, first we got our scores. We took the civil to service exam June 2021, and it was a couple months to get the scores back, and once we got the score back, th- it, we, we were reached out to. Yeah, I think it was like another month department. after that we got an email yeah. from so HR. So this is the... This is the part in the process that us crusty veterans refer to as signing the card, right? Because you used to have to actually physically walk into City Hall and sign the card. Now it's yeah. it's digital, right? You get mm-hmm. the email saying you're within the, the band that we're looking at for the requisition and mm-hmm. you have to respond if you want to be considered. Yep. So you guys both said yes, obviously. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. And then at some point after that, somebody from uh, recruiting and selection, probably Lieutenant Mazio, yes. reached out. And so now you're you're in this process, and did because it happened because of the pandemic, we had to do it a couple different ways. Did you guys have the Saturday morning meeting where you got the application and you did a PT test, or did they separate that? Stuff? No, I think separate. Okay. Yeah. So you come in and you get the application, mm-hmm. which is a book. Yeah, size of a Bible. And yeah. how many days did they give you to get it back to us? Two weeks. Two, Two weeks. weeks. Yeah. So you guys got lucky because <laughs> I think the last group was seven days. <laughs> and um, so you got to fill this thing out mm-hmm. completely inaccurately. And then you got to attach a bunch of different collateral documents to it. Mm-hmm. And I want to emphasize that because we've had, in the last several years, we've had many people sidelined from the program, from the pipeline, because they just don't bother to attach the collaterals. If right. we ask you for them, we expect them to be there. Mm-hmm. And if you turn the application in without them, without some explanation of when they'll be forthcoming, that's it. We're not taking your application any farther. It's understandable. So yeah. you got to put all that stuff together. And then you, you have like this moment of truth meeting with somebody from recruitment and selection, right? They ask you to bring the package back mm-hmm. and then they sit down with you Yep. and they go through it mm-hmm. page, page by page. By page. <laughs> confirming every detail that you signed off in there and at the end of it you attest that everything in there is truthful and accurate and then they turn that entire like deep dive into your life and history mm-hmm. over to some field training officer or detective to start your background investigation yeah. so were you aware that the background investigation was going on i was i think yeah. um my neighbors he actually talked to my neighbors at my my current address so yeah one of my friends texted me too and was like i just talked to a detective about you <laughs> <laughs> and so i've gone i mean obviously i went through the one for pittsfield but i also went through several other background uh, investigations and i think that's probably the most frustrating part is all of a sudden people are like uh, i just got a call and they wanted to know what you were like in high school <laughs> they wanted to know if i would employ you right <laughs> um and so it gets pretty intrusive they ask a lot of questions yeah. they talk to your neighbors mm-hmm. and talk to your previous employers to talk to any significant others or romantic interests you may have had previously or currently mm-hmm. have. Um, and a lot of other people, right? Any references you list, it's a yeah. deep dive. Yeah. How long, do you have an idea of how long it took them to do your background investigation? I feel like it was at least a couple months, maybe. Yeah, maybe even longer. Maybe shorter, but yeah. Maybe shorter. The whole process seemed like it took forever, but at the same time, it didn't take too long. I don't know. <laughs> so once you get the word that you've kind of made it at least most of the way, because the background process continues straight up until you graduate from the academy, actually. Yeah. But um, once you make get the word that you kind of made it through the bulk of the background process, 
then Lieutenant Mazio reaches out again, and you got a couple things you gotta you gotta accomplish. You gotta go get a medical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they gotta send you down there for the PAT. Mm-hmm. And then they gotta set you up with the doc so you can go do the pre employment psych screening. Yeah. And under the new model, you gotta go. So you have to go do the PAT with HR, but then you have to at some point do the pre academy yeah, assessment too, right? Yeah. yeah, the fitness test. Yeah. So you gotta do both of those. Um, and then you're kind of you're waiting, right? You're in this mm-hmm. holding pattern because we got to figure out when we got academy dates and where mm-hmm. we're going to have the academy. Yeah. So, unlike most of our personnel, you guys had a little bit of a different experience because we couldn't get you into the Western Mass Academy yeah. in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. So, where did you go to the academy? Boylston. <laughs> and listen, I spent a lot of time over the course of my career at the Boylston Academy. I took dt instructor school there i've done a lot of my dt research there i've taught many classes there um it's not the worst of the academy facilities in the commonwealth but it's unique and that that's a that's a unique place it is very unique <laughs> do you guys know the history it, well it was like an old school building essentially and so so that campus was built by digital corporation during like the dot-com boom to be at the campus for a tech company. And when the bubble exploded, digital pulled out Mm -hmm. and it was abandoned. So Boylston, the city of Boylston, the town of Boylston took it over and there's some historic buildings on Mm -hmm. on the campus. So they built the PD there and they turned some of those historic buildings basically into a museum. And then they had this main office building and they converted it to a school. Mm -hmm. And then at one point, uh, their town offices expanded and so there was some town offices in the basement of the building yeah. and a police academy upstairs. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just a weird setup because <laughs> you got one floor of the building for police training and there's recruit training and in-service training and specialized training going on there. And then you got a half level where there's a gym mm-hmm. that the academy uses the gym. Yeah. But the town also uses the gym. Yeah. Pickleball. <laughs> we were saved by the pickleballers a couple of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and then in the back and I, I know I've been out there recently, it's kind of falling into disrepair. There used to be a really well-maintained fitness trail back there. Yes, there is. Um, and some of the elements are in disrepair now. But there's also a helicopter landing pad behind the building. Yeah, I noticed that one day. It's, I was like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we used to get pepper spray. <laughs> that's where we got pepper spray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, pepper spray is not a good day at work. <laughs> All right, so talk about your academy experience. So, like you said, it's it's an interesting area. It abuts a, a reservoir, so it's nothing but woods behind it. So, unlike Caleb, who went to the Western Mass Academy, they mostly ran, you know, in the flat track area. We were running in the trails in the mountains. So, which I think was even better. Yeah, it was fun. It was nice to have that scenery. Yeah, when you were getting up there about three miles and you're running up hills, it you know it got a little <laughs> tiring, but. It's also more realistic for foot pursuits in the Berkshire. Yeah, Absolutely, not yeah. Be running on a track every time. So. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. I enjoyed it being in that hilly area because it did kind of relate to the Berkshires, you know. So I've taught staff instructor schools at Boylston, but I've never been involved in academy, uh, in recruit academy programming at Boylston, and I never interacted other than to say good morning and exchange pleasantries in the office with any of the um, staff instructors. And I didn't know the new executive director or the new director there uh, prior to sending you out there. Mm -hmm. When I went out to see you guys graduate, one of the things that amazed me was the size of your staff. That that is a, that is a monstrous 
academy yeah. staff. I'm kind of <clears throat> jealous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the academy director, and I know not all your staff instructors were there. You you had to have close to a dozen staff instructors for your company. Yeah, we we did. Um, you know, we had our essential what four, yeah, or five. Four we would have like right. usually Mostly, the most. Yeah. But in the, there was like two that were like our main the seniors yeah yeah and but yeah we did have a lot of guys Uh, actually we had um it was like i think it's the first time ever they had two academy classes going at the same same time time. yeah so that you know we did learn uh we did meet some new instructors about halfway through that they were bringing in for the other class so that's amazing how did they set that up there was it like a day shift and a night shift they started offset two hours yeah we came in at what 6 a.m yeah and they came in at Eight, yeah. seven thirty, okay. something like that. And whenever we had like a break, they would time it so they wouldn't be out oh, in the hall, oh. kind of thing. So we wouldn't ever interact. It's with a lot of coordination. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and there's not that much space in no. that academy setting. No, no. It's it's basically one hallway with what four classrooms yeah. and a break room. It's a very small building. Yeah. <laughs> it's a large building. You only get to use a small portion yeah. of yeah. it. All right. So just in general, talk about the academy experience. You get down there. What's day one like at the Boylston Academy? Day one was crazy. Day one was tough. I I never drank so much water in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't have a military background, so, you know, I I didn't know a lot about, like, um, marching. Stress inoculation. Yeah. I kind of knew what to expect, but at the same time, I was like, wow, this is intense. Like, I I didn't think it was going to be as intense as it was. Was it more intense than your Air Force? The first day... uh, it's kind of hard to say, but I, I want to say, yeah, it was more we, intense than the Air yeah. Force. <laughs> we had a recruited student officer last year, late the year before, went to day one and left. Yeah. And he, he, he came, straight, came straight out and said, I didn't know it was going to be a military experience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I told you it was going to be a military <laughs> experience, right? Uh, I also told you that it didn't matter what you did, you couldn't be right, and that it was all a game. Yes, yeah. right? you're always wrong. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, you get through day one. It's a blur. Yeah. Lots of bag inspections. Oh, yes. Oh, Lots yeah. of bag dumps, dumps, too. They dumped in. Two one. hours to rearrange our bags. It was a long day. <laughs> it was like 4.30 a.m. to we finished at 7. Well, no, we were up all night. Yeah, we I had think, to stay up all night writing two froms. Yeah, got I think four hours got of sleep. Of securing your gear, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I've talked about this on the show um, in the past, and I was a staff instructor. I was a staff instructor at the Western Mass Academy for almost six years. And, you know, we don't, we meet the incoming class at orientation. Different academies do orientation very differently. Some it's a very pleasant collegial experience. Some it's, it's like a, you know, pre-appetizer first day. It really depends on the director. I had both. And then you really meet the class for the first time on day one in the dark, either like in the gym or in the rear company street, depending on time of year, what's going on. And as much as it's a shock to the student officers, it's also a shock to the staff, right? You're just, you're going all day long. Mm -hmm. And you're never gonna meet everybody at their their best, but you know everybody showed up for work that day at their best. Mm -hmm. That's the most rested and the most fed they're gonna be for 20 some odd weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so, it's not an accident that when you leave the academy at the end of day one, you've got a lot of homework assigned mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of gear to maintain mm-hmm. because the staff wants to see who shows up on day two at their worst. 
That's the baseline. When you show up tired and hungry and stressed out, are you still going to put out 100%? Mm -hmm. And many people don't, right? How many people didn't come back for day two in your class? I don't know if... Three. I know we lost three the first week. Yeah, and that's that's fairly common, mm-hmm. right? People just disappear. Mm-hmm. I had one class. We didn't make it into the academy setting. We lined them up on the rear company street, put them online at the position of attention. Kid stressed himself out so much he passed out, fainted. We put him in an ambulance. He never came back. Yeah. That was the end of his academy <laughs> experience. <laughs> um. So yeah, you get through day one, no sleep night one. You get back for day two. And it's not pleasant, but it kind of turns into a more normal uh, 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 feature of coming attractions about what you can expect, right? A lot of time yeah. in the classroom. Yeah. And your academy is under the new model, so you kind of got these, I don't know, they call them modules or chapters now, but you kind of it's broken up into these three phases. Mm-hmm. And you start off right away with who we are. Yep. Like the history and the culture of policing and procedural yep. justice and fair and impartial policing, front load all of that stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's going to inform everything you do for the next 21 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. E- whether it's re- constitutional law, criminal law, use of force, rights of arrest, apprehensions, everything's going to touch back to who we are um, and, and just this idea of procedural justice, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what was uh, what was the highlight of your academy experience? Evoc. Yeah, definitely Evoc. <laughs> Evoc's a fun week. Yeah, that was the best week. I mean, firearms was a good week too, and then we had Evoc right after that. Firearms was cool. Um, it was cold. Where'd was, you yeah. Where'd you go for Evoc? Uh, we were at the state police. Danvers. Yeah, Danvers. Danvers. It's an Danvers. old military yep. base. Yeah. Danvers or Devons. 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 That's yeah. what it is. Okay. <laughs> yep. So the, the state police have a handful of facilities spread out. Uh, one of them is up on Route 2 at Devons, mm-hmm. and one of them is out on the Cape. And when I was a staff instructor, the only place we could get spot for one of my recruit classes was at the Cape. Mm-hmm. And I was the only one who didn't have kids. So I had to take the company for a week to barracks mm-hmm. and, and billet them and stay with them out of because the, you can't send the company to training without a staff instructor, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the state police for letting us use their driving courses yeah. Um, yeah. And, and instructing the driving courses. Instructors were great. Yeah, yeah they, they were, were great. great. It was yeah. stressful, but it was a lot of fun. Those guys can drive. They yeah, can. they can. We saw them do crazy drive. things like straight out of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the first day we walked in, it was like dusk, and there was a fog coming across like the airport strip. <laughs> And there's a guy just reversing, going like 50 miles per hour, and he whipped it around into bootleg gear and, <laughs> and started driving. They fly everywhere. So. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little, I, they, I don't know. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll take their their instructor hats off and they'll kind of give you a peek behind behind the curtain. Uh, I got to know a lot of those guys from that unit. So many of the troopers who are driving instructors. Um, in addition to their assignment as driving instructors, they're assigned to the motor pool. Mm-hmm. Right? They work on the fleet. And if you check out the cars that they show up to work with, they are the best cars in the state police inventory because yeah. everything that they decide they might want to check out, they put on their cars first. Mm-hmm. So they got the best light packages and the best equipment packages. Wow. Their, their cars are like prototypes. 
but they drive them into the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do beat on the cruisers. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why we don't say. So when we send cars to the academy for Evoc, you get one of two. You get the very brand new car right off the line that's still tight and still under warranty. So when we crash it, and we will, we just take it back. Yeah. Or you get the worst car in the fleet. Yeah. So when you ruin it, we just take it offline. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing in between. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Evoc is hard on cars. Yes. Did you guys take out a lot of cones? A few. Just a few cones, cones flying everywhere. Yeah. He was a pretty good driver. You, I was. You made like a really good time on I got the fastest horses. times out of the academy, yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. So driving and firearms, always the highlight of everybody's academy training. Right? Yeah. And nobody, I ever, never ask anybody, who's the highlight of your academy? Kanba. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the cool stuff, the stuff when you're, away from the academy building, in the field, with your company. and Because uh, you also get to know your classmates better during that yeah. time. Those are long, long days. You're less supervised than you normally would yeah. be. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of latitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, where'd you do your shooting? What, what, uh, For what was that? Firearms, we were at the... Um, it, they were both originally supposed to be at the Medfield firing range. Okay. Yeah, it was part of the corrections facility. But... Something happened where our pistol week, we had to go to the sheriff's yeah, department sheriff's firing department. range. The one right down the street? From, yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah, there's a large sheriff's yeah. office right down the street from the academy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what was the worst part of the academy? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe just that first week. Yeah. First couple of weeks. First couple of weeks is definitely the worst. Other than that, like, I, I stress about um, test taking. But that just causes me to study, like overstudy. So I, I did good on all the tests, but that was always the worst thing. Like, oh, I got a test in three days. Yeah. I got to study. I got to study. <laughs> and I've talked about this on the show in the past too. Like, it's the the academy is not academia. Mm-hmm. It's not college. And the passing standard is a, for the most part a seventy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, you see work, but. To get C work in the police academy on the subjects that you have to study, including constitutional law, criminal law, criminal procedure, these are not easy topics. This this is not like going to, I don't know, I don't want to disparage anybody. It, it's it's not like going to some certificate program. It, th- these are rigorous topics, yeah. and you have to know them. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like you're going to get a chance when you get out of probation to reference the law books while you're writing a brief. You have to have this stuff committed to, to memory. Mm-hmm. And I've said before, like I, you know, I went to some really good academic institutions, and when I went to the academy, I wanted to do well. It was as rigorous for me to do well in the police academy as it was for me to do well at Navy or Williams. Absolutely. Like, if you wanted to do well, you were going to put in time. Right. It, it wasn't like you were just going to skate through this stuff. Yeah, so. actually, I think it was, besides like a handful of accounting classes, I think it was tougher than college, you know, because yeah. other than the material for those exams, you had to memorize definitions. And yeah. <laughs> you know, you're under stress, and there was a yeah. tons of other things Very you had to remember. Sleep. Very and, little And sleep. they'll just throw questions at you in the middle of other stuff, right? Yeah. 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 All right, so let's take a station break. We're going to get another check of the weather and some PSAs, and we'll come back and we'll uh, continue talking about training, and then we'll slide over to field training. Here's your 
Here is your WTBR forecast from BerkshireWeather.com for Friday, January 20th. Greetings! Today, cloudy, a high of 35 with snow. Tonight, cloudy, a low of 24 with some snow. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, with a high of 31. That's your latest WTBR forecast. For more with the forecast and education, go to BerkshireWeather.com. I'm Jay Plant from WTBR, and I hope you all have an amazing day. Cheers, everyone! Support for WTBR comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union, proud to support high school arts and sports programs to help our community thrive. Greylock Federal with locations throughout the Berkshires and online at greylock.org. Missed an episode of your favorite show? Have no fear because we have podcasts. Type in wtbrfm.com forward slash podcast on your favorite browser and search for your favorite show. It's that simple. Pittsville residents, have you heard about Code Red? It's the city's emergency alert program, and it keeps you informed on the latest updates and notifications, including but not limited to weather-related emergencies, road closures, and water main breaks. So stay connected and be informed. Text Pittsfield to 99411 to enroll or visit cityofpittsfield.org to sign up. Hi, this is Sergeant Mark Madalena with the Pittsfield Police Department. We all have busy lives and we're in a hurry to get to where we need to be. While driving, people are eating, drinking, talking, putting on makeup, doing their hair, checking social media, texting each other, all while the dog sits on their lap. The result is running red lights, stop signs, speeding, and finally crashing. Distracted driving is illegal. You can be ticketed or criminally charged. Please share the road and pay attention. Let's make sure everyone gets where they want to go safely. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Hi, this is Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsfield Police Department. Folks, unfortunately, drug use is a driving factor for a lot of crime taking place in our city. The most prevalent crime being theft. Please, take the extra time to ensure that your belongings are safe inside your vehicle. Do not leave anything of value in plain sight. Hide your belongings. Place them in your trunk or take anything of value out of the vehicle. Always keep your vehicle locked. Don't make it easy for them. This message is brought to you by the Pittsfield Police Department in cooperation with WTBR-FM. Good morning. Welcome back. Just looked out the window real quick. Still snowing. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, and as always available on all of your popular podcast platforms. Uh, this morning we've been speaking to PPD's two newest officers, Officer Walters and Officer Doyle. Uh, so far we've been talking about their background and where they came from and how they got to us. But before the break we were talking about their academy experience. And uh, we were talking about the fact that you have to memorize definitions and, um, it, you know, it's not enough to know where to find the stuff. You have to know the stuff. And I made it, it, the comment that they'll just ask you, they'll throw a question at you at any time, right? Yeah. And I used to, like, my staff didn't do this to the extent that um, we did it when I was on the staff because when I went to the academy, there wasn't a expectation that the staff instructors were also going to be subject matter instructors necessarily. Mm -hmm. there, was a, there was a more distinct separation. But most academies now expect their staff instructors to spend at least some time in the classroom or on the drill hall floor teaching something. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you're dual-hatted and you're being both roles, like I used to do that for DT firearms and patrol procedures, uh, I'd be staff instructor for the day but also one of the primary instructors. You could be in the middle of, say, 
a handcuffing drill and some instructor will start asking you the six components of proper handcuffing mm-hmm. or to describe elements on the use of force model. Yeah. And you don't get to stop the handcuffing drill, right? They expect you to answer while you're performing the drill. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. You could be you know, doing a simulation and patrol procedures of an arrest and apprehension and they'll start questioning you about the Fourth Amendment. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's definitely like a divided um, attention task for the entire academy. But at some point, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, you're you're gonna make it, right? Mm-hmm. Something has to go really, really wrong after you know you kind of get into that last month for yeah. you not to make it. It happens, mm-hmm. right? It happens either yeah. academically or test failures or something that happened outside of the academy. But at some point, you can kind of breathe a sigh of relief and you can see the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to ask you a, a interesting. I have to ask you a question about an interesting thing that I was not prepared for or familiar with, because. You guys graduated, mm-hmm. and obviously you did not graduate at your academy because there's no facility there large enough. Mm-hmm. So you graduated at a fairly large high school, mm-hmm. uh, and you didn't necessarily know I was coming. A <laughs> uh, little <laughs> miscommunication with re- recruiting. And so I get there, and uh, I'm milling around in the back of the auditorium with a bunch of other chiefs and, and commanders and other police officers, and we realize there isn't like, any designated spot for us to be which I'm not used to. Usually you've got either you know, chief section or badge pinning section. And so we, the, the ceremony started and we had no idea what, if any, role we were going to have. And then we got ready to, you guys got ready to uh, graduate and get your certificates and your badges. And your academy pinned badges by squad, yep. not individually. Mm-hmm. How long, has that always been the case at Boylston? It seems like they do things a little bit differently. I did we, hear the past two academies did it like that at Boylston. Yeah. Was there a conversation or an explanation about why they decided to do that? No, never with us. Mm-hmm. We just th- we thought that was the way it is. We didn't know like any other academies did it differently. Because I guess uh, chiefs are supposed to pin. So it, I've been to graduations at a bunch of different academies. Many times it's the chief. Mm-hmm. Um, most academies are a little more flexible. Sometimes um, it's the staff instructors, mm-hmm. right? Just to keep it to keep it smooth, and they know the they know the routine, and they're up there. Um, when I left the academy, we were fairly generous. If you had a family member or a relative, loved one who was on, on the job or active duty military, and they were in uniform, mm-hmm. we would let them do it. Some academies are much more liberal; they'll let family members do it. Yeah. Um, it's but it, th- generally speaking, it's done individually, uh, and there's a couple reasons for that. Is, you know, every academy graduation I've been to up until this one, there's that opportunity to take the picture of the officer being pinned that that exact shot as the badge is going on, and then the exchange of salutes yeah. right following the pinning, and you guys didn't get that. No, you to, yeah. So, um, it w- I mean, it was it was cool to see, and I, I'm not. You know, I'm not downing the decision to do it because there was a whole lot of love in the auditorium that day when, you know, the groups of family members or loved ones went forward right. to pin. Uh, it's just, you know, that I think that I would I would miss having that photo for my collection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They did go around and take photos of people mm-hmm. being pinned. They probably didn't get everybody, right. though. But. They, yeah. You also had several f- professional photographers in the yeah. room that day. Yeah, which is also unusual. Usually it's like one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
I have to ask because you guys were quick, quick. There, there must have been one heck of a party planned immediately after that graduation because you guys were in civilian closing out the door in minutes. <laughs> well, neither of us went to it. It was later that night, but I was planning on going, but it was, I had to drive home because my dad can't see at night, so we had to get back. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was just like a, a you know, a relief yeah, when we, it was done. and We wanted to get out of Boylston. For six months. <laughs> we wanted to get out of Boylston? For yeah. six months we were down there and I was ready to be back home. So so we didn't talk about that. Boylston is, um, if you're not familiar with it, Boylston is essentially a suburb of Worcester. Yeah. yeah. It's beyond what we consider to be our travel perimeter for day training. Mm-hmm. And if we send people beyond that perimeter, we put them up, mm-hmm. right? Even if they were just going down for like a... a four or five day seminar it is a, we basically have a two mile a two hour perimeter from the city if it's going to be more than two hours both each way right we make other plans which if you're going to a one day class or a f- five day class that's not that big a deal if you're going to the academy and you're outside of that perimeter we basically have to lodge you yeah. right? it's, yeah. it's like putting together a, a college semester mm-hmm. so where'd you guys stay we were in Westboro. Yep. So Anesta Suites. Anesta Suites. Yeah. It was a nice so, hotel. So an extended stay. Yep. Place, mm-hmm. and we've had success with them in the past. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we've also like we had a group go, and uh, we couldn't find an extended stay that would be convenient for that academy, and we found out that another department. I'll give you know shout out to this department, the UMass Amherst Police Department had a large group going to that academy, and they had rented a house. Yeah. So we like rented a room from UMass PD and, oh, yeah. and put our student officer with their student officers. Oh, nice. Yeah, they actually had four, yeah, four we, UMass officers there. Yeah. And it, we could tell we had a working relationship with them because they would be like, "Oh, we have your ice cream truck." Like, oh yeah. We, yeah. we lend the ice cream truck to <laughs> them yeah. and. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> we we have a good working relationship with UMass PD. Yep. Um, that goes back a long time. So I, I don't know if you guys know this before. Officer Gaynor came to Pittsfield. She started with UMass PD. Did not know she that. was. Uh, yeah, she had been that. with UMass PD for several years before she decided to lateral over to us. And um, ever her trainers, her trainers from her time at UMass PD when I became a trainer were some of my mentors. So we spent a lot of time going back and forth to the campus, getting spun up on some stuff with them. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice department. Um, yeah. We you know we learned a lot about them. They're large, very they're large. They're big large. department. Yeah. I, I think they're the biggest. <laughs> the equipment biggest they in have the state, is they? yeah. The, people probably don't think about it this way. So, you, you, University of Massachusetts Amherst is essentially a sizable city, mm-hmm. and their police department is one of the few campus police departments that doesn't go to the. Special State Police Academy mm-hmm. to be SSPOs. They go to the Municipal Academy mm-hmm. so they can carry the same credentials that we do. Yeah. And that's important because they do mutual aid with Amherst, mm-hmm. Hadley, Northampton. Yeah. They, they've got a large, um, <clears throat> a large footprint. But because of the size of the campus and because of the number of special events that they have, they've got a ton of specialized units mm-hmm. like they they don't have a special response team but they essentially have an entry team that for all intents and purposes is a special response team because if you got to get into one of the, those towers and make entry yeah. you got to have the same equipment and the same gear that our our people do mm-hmm. right um their civil disturbance unit or their crowd control unit after the state police in boston 
is probably the third most experienced civil disturbance unit in the Commonwealth. Yeah, um, it's crazy. They, they handle a lot of large special events, mm-hmm. um, a lot of large parties, yeah. right? um, concerts. So yeah, they do they do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know, it's just it's campus cops. Yeah, no, right. They, yeah. they they work hard. <laughs> no, absolutely. And they have a very weird work cycle because it ebbs and flows right like their their population doubles when the students come back and then they've yeah. got this weird like lull where they can get their training in yeah. and then it goes up again mm-hmm. it's not stable mm-hmm. all right but you made it we did we did what'd you do with your khakis i still have them but i plan on burning them soon so i cut the patches off and <laughs> i threw them out <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot of we burn plan on burning them Get a lot of. I'm taking them to the range. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you just it, one of the worst things of the academy is um, on the weekends you're not free because you're constantly worried about you know making sure you have everything and you got did everything you had Irony to do. And, so yeah. when you get done with the academy, you want to be completely released from it. So that gear kind of reminds you a little bit of it and. Yeah. So getting rid of it's not a bad thing, you know. I still have dreams. Like I've had a couple dreams so far that I'm still in the academy <laughs> too. I wake up and it's like a big nightmare. <laughs> that won't go away. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it won't. There, there, <laughs> I'm not going to name any of them today. Uh, there are several, many of your colleagues in patrol <clears throat> and in investigations that were student officers when I was a staff instructor. Mm-hmm. And to this day, if I walk into certain spaces in the station and I say something like "stand by" or "eyeballs," mm-hmm. I will get a physical reaction <laughs> from them. I, I understand that, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. When there was a staff instructor around, you were a little locked up, you know, like yeah. that pit in your stomach almost yeah. a little bit, you know. Program yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it I. Honestly, I could leave here today, drive back to the station, walk into the detective bureau, say one word, and get a response. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just hops to their feet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. So now you're in field training. Who are you working with now? Uh, I have Officer McMahon right now on the day shift. Okay. Rockstar. Yeah. Just started mm-hmm. my second week with him. Yeah. Okay. I'm going on my third week with Officer Arena on second shift. Also a rock star. Yes, he's very good. So what do you think about it so far? They letting you drive yet? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Been driving, yeah. getting better with the computer work and the reports, navigating through all of that, and um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Honestly, it's, it hasn't been stressful yet, but I know what's going to get there. But I, I'm enjoying it, and the days really fly by too. It's kind yeah. of incredible. So two, two and a half, three weeks, and you're still in phase one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're you're very much in the uh, crawl walk phase. Yeah. And yeah. still. Still a lot of, let me show you how this is done. Let me show you how we yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. You can ask a lot of questions. Yeah. In a week or two, that's going to shift. Yeah. You show me how you think it should be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pressure's going to mount. Yep. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. So you show up to work every day. You're in the car with your field training officer. They don't, they don't do the, it's because they do all your DORs now on the computer, right? Do they still carry... Like I haven't worked with a field training officer in years now. Do they still carry their clipboard and, and make their like regular log notes in preparation of doing the computer entries? Uh, no, no. We have a log book, right. but that's for uh, Basically, the weekly meetings. At the end of the day, we'll go through what we did yeah. and yeah. take so notes. So before we computerized the daily observation reports and the the, the paperwork, 
it, it's, it was a collection of forms. And every field training officer, when they reported to duty, would carry a clipboard with the forms. And so one form might be the log. And we might clear a call and I would hand it to you and say, log that call and put the disposition in here. Mm-hmm. And then we'd, as we cleared and went to the next call, I would take what you put in for the log and I would transfer it to another evaluation form that had a grading matrix on it. Mm-hmm. And then there was a third form between those and the, and the daily observation report where anything that was like outstanding or substandard, I would make a note of. Mm-hmm. So I just, I want you to picture this, right? You clear a call, you think you did an outstanding job, field training officer hands you a clipboard, you log it, you start driving, and all of a sudden the field training officer is writing furiously on this clipboard and you have no idea what they're writing. Yeah. <laughs> and you won't know what they're writing until the end of shift when you go over the day, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're looking at you and pen to paper and looking at you and pen to paper and you're just sitting there going, what did I do? Right. <laughs> and there's That'd a really good chance that you did something exceptional and they might say, hey, good job with that. But the actual details of what they're writing, mm-hmm. no idea. Yeah. And because there's so much work going on, all the notes are in shorthand. Right. So if you don't, if you haven't been to field training school and you don't speak field training officer, you don't actually know, even if you can see the, the notes, you don't actually know what it means until they translate it. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, think, I think Officer McMahon, though, uh, I think he'll get on his phone and take notes. Okay. I think that's something I've noticed him doing. Chris is just a veteran. He, he knows it all up in his <laughs> head. <laughs> He's, he also has practically an eidetic memory. Yeah. It, it, He's just he's very smart. Yeah. Okay. So you got basically two and a half more months of field training. Oh, three a little more, three months of field training. Um so you're gonna be coming out of field training just mid spring, just in time for the warm weather to come. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you're just gonna hit it. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna hit the busy, busy season. Yeah. Yep. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, what are you looking forward to the most? Well, definitely the warm weather. That's going to be nice. And I know that's going to be like the real opportunity to learn is summertime. Well, I'll be on my own, so I'll have to, you know, handle everything the best way that I know how. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, on the second shift, we've been pretty busy. So, you know, maybe in the summer we'll be more busy. But, you know, I got a good, you know, busy schedule now. So it's preparing me for it. Um, the cold does when you get those motor vehicle accidents and you're mm-hmm. out there for an hour <laughs> and it's like 15 degrees out it, it's pretty rough have you started investing in special cold weather gear yet i'm looking into it do that yeah mm-hmm. right we 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 try to give you some pretty quality gear mm-hmm. in comparison when we came on um but there's no there's no way that uh there's no way that the stuff that we just generally issue as a standard issue is adequate if you're out there and when you go to midnights this time of year it's Mm -hmm. gonna get worse um you were in the air force were either you guys uh scouts before you you you, so one of the one of the most important things i learned through my scouting experience and my brief military experience was the importance of layering and my partners used to laugh at me when i was on patrol because this time of year i would get ready to come to work and I would put on a set of like polypropylene long underwear and then, I'd, you know, put on heavy socks and put on my regular patrol uniform. And if it was weather like this at this time of year, I would pull my Gore-Tex pants on before I left the station. Because you never know when I had one situation where I ended up holding a perimeter post hiding behind a bush for like two hours 
on wet ground, right? Yeah. Once you get cold and wet, you never get dry. Yeah. And so this time of year, I'd have that on. And if we went out, like at this time of day, I would just have my regular patrol shirt on because I had that polypro and then my turtleneck and then my vest. Mm-hmm. So I have four layers on before I put a jacket on. Then if the sun goes down, you pull a jacket on, you're like, okay. But you, the importance of layering and being yeah. able to balance those layers, it's much easier now with your outer vest carriers. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, invest in quality undergarments yeah, and uh, good gloves and yeah. a good hat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That stuff goes a long way. Um, all right. So what's the most interesting call you've each been on so far? Um couple of verbal domestics those were interesting you know i was able to separate the parties and talk to them and you know just try to really help them you know and make them realize what they need to do or change you know going forward and uh yeah that's probably about it crazy motor vehicle crash yet oh yeah we did we did have one the other night yes on silver street that was a pretty good one went through two fences Hit a very large boulder, pushed it pretty far, and we showed up, and there was a woman on the ground in pain, you know, blood on her. <laughs> so that was pretty intense. But okay. How about you? For me, it was my first day, and it was my first call where we went to um, an overdose. And unfortunately, it was fatal, but that was the first thing that I saw. And I got to see how, how that whole process works with the detectives coming in. And That's a rough first call. Yeah, it was interesting for sure. Okay. So you've got long careers ahead of you. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are your aspirations? Where do you want to see this, this job take you? I would really love to become a detective one day. I'm not sure like a, a part of what, what unit or anything, but I, I really think I'd be pretty good at investigations okay. type of thing. So long-term investigations. Mm-hmm. Right. How about you? You know, I'm not really sure. Just want to check it all out? Check it all out, yeah. See what I'm, what I'm good at or, you know what I like and want to pursue and get better at, you know? So you're, uh, you're training with your infield training with officer McMahon. Has he invited you to, uh, any specialized trainings yet? Uh, not yet. No. Okay. All right. Don't, don't be shy, right? Mm-hmm. If you think that you have an interest in a specialization or a subspecialization, let your field training officers know so they can try to make arrangements for you to spend some time mm-hmm. uh, you know, we talk about this. The team is always looking for role players, uh, the canine unit, they're always looking for people to lay down tracks. Yeah. Uh, you can shadow the school resource officers. Mm-hmm. Uh, traffic gets call outs this time of year a lot. Yeah. So, you know, if you, you want to see how they work, let Sergeant Madalena know. But make sure that you're, you're checking that stuff out. Cool. Ask to spend some time with the crime scene. Yeah, awesome. I know. Awesome. All right, we've got about five minutes left in the show. And generally speaking, we try to leave on a high note. Uh, and kind of unwind from the operational stuff. So uh, last two questions about field training. What are you most looking forward to during your field training time? Just uh, becoming the best officer that I can at this time. Just I want to I want to leave field training feeling like I, I can do this. Like I have no problem doing this on my own. So that's what I'm trying to gear up towards. And I know I'm only I'm, like starting my second week, but I'm got a long way to go. I'm sorry to disappoint you. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> if I, I can get close, then. <laughs> I, I, I get the opportunity to spend a lot of time with uh, new police supervisors. 
talking about um, you know the change from being a, a, a now at this point a veteran patrol officer to new supervisor, and I ask every class that I work with how long they think in their experience it takes for a patrol officer to get to the point where they really feel confident that I can do this job. Mm-hmm. On average, it's three to five years. Yeah. Right. Like you get out of probation. You'll feel comfortable that you know where to look for the information. Right. That's the best you can hope for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes yeah. sense. <laughs> How about you? What are you most looking forward to in field training? Uh, you know, I, I realize that every situation that's thrown at you can be wildly different. Even, you know, 20 years on the force, there, there'll be things you still don't know. Absolutely. And so at this point, I'm just trying to soak up, you know, the way these veterans do it and just learn how they do it and so I can bring that with me moving forward. I think that's probably the most important thing. All right, so the uh, academy's over. You don't have to like worry about sh- necessarily like spit shining your boots and pressing your khakis and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and but you guys are working in patrol four and two. Anybody got any time off this weekend? Nope. I'm nope. A, this is my Monday. This today. is your Monday. Yeah. This is my weekend. This is my. Saturday this is your weekend. Now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you got a fun weekend. Any plans for the weekend? Uh not too much. I think me and my fiance are going to go get some donuts tomorrow at uh, that place where Bergner's used to be. Oh, Shire. Shire. Yeah, yeah, Shire. Yeah. Other than that, not really too much. It's low key. Yeah, it's kind of eating donuts out. and checking out the snow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're working, yep. but when you're off duty, any plans over the weekend? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll check out a football game if I'm lucky enough. To <laughs> if you're lucky enough. Yeah. And uh, maybe eat some good food. Nice. Lieutenant, plans for the weekend? Oh, probably skiing or sliding with the kids. Skiing go. or sliding with the kids. All right. Well, I'm hoping that this weather clears because I have to drive to Boston tomorrow morning. Oh, I'm presenting to the Mass Municipal Association, a, uh, co-presenting on a panel on the intersection of law enforcement and mental health. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be particularly interesting because the mayor and several of my fellow department heads will be in attendance to observe the panel, so talk about no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and I have spent uh, a significant portion of the last week childproofing my home uh, because Gabriel has found full mobility and now has the ability to open doors and drawers. And so install- That's exciting. installing <laughs> a lot of latches and uh, there you go. trying to remember that the latches are there so I don't rip them off when I open the drawer to grab my uh, shaving cream and stuff like that. So I probably will have to spend some more time doing that. Um, but other than that, try to get outside and enjoy some of this winter weather that we finally have. Looks like it's going to stick around a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're a couple minutes early again, but we've kind of run this conversation out, so I'm not going to belabor it anymore. You have been tuning in to another new episode of On Patrol with the PPD here on WTBR 89.7 FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, simulcast on Pittsfield Community Television, and available on all your popular podcast platforms. We've been speaking with our two newest officers. Thanks, gentlemen, for coming in and joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm not sure if next week is going to be a live episode or a uh, rerun because I've got another thing that I have to work through. But until then, be safe, be healthy, but most importantly, be kind. We're 10-8.